0: Hello friends and welcome to episode number 228 of Bad Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax. He's Justin in Saskatoon. Uh here we go. Spring training we're 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 deep in it now, Justin. Uh how do you feel so far?
1: Uh the excitement's building. Yeah. I haven't watched too much because of course the weekday games are right in the middle of the work day so yeah what are you supposed to do what he's supposed to do (laughs) they usually start they usually start at my lunch break so i often do catch like the first innings which are great because that's when i get to see the starters (laughs) play and the pitchers who will actually be pitching in meaningful games so it's kind of nice for that but uh yeah no i i think i i didn't catch any of today's game but uh i'm just enjoying all of the the video from camp all of the news stories that come out of it, like who's in the best shape of their life. I love best shape of their life season. It's Literally every player. Yeah. It's one of my uh, favorite parts of yeah. spring training is like just hearing how everybody's in the best shape of their life. <laughs> so I love that. Uh, I don't know. It's it's, it's it's just a fun time. I, we talked about it last time, right? Knowing that baseball is back means that s- spring in Canada is around the corner. So it's, it's yeah. just kind of, it's, it's just a, it bring, baseball season brings many good things. So um, yeah, I was just excited. Every
0: Every team is getting their turn to win a game like 20 to 2 or something. Like everybody's getting their turn to like beat up somebody else. And like all these games, they're meaningless. They're meaningless. It does not matter. The scores of these games do not matter. The hits don't matter. The home runs don't matter. None of it matters. It's all just.
1: It's just practice. It's competitive practice. practice.
0: (laughs) It's literally, you're just practicing against players that play on other teams. Yep. There is no reason to panic or be concerned about anything that happens performance-wise during spring training. There are only two positions Mm -hmm. on the 26-man roster, really, that are up for grabs for the Jays. So really, maybe four guys are playing like their lives depend on it. Yeah, The rest of them competitive practice and that's it mm-hmm. but that's fine that's how we like spring training it's there's no rush this uh this year it's uh it's only march uh the second and uh there's still plenty of time before games uh mean anything so enjoy the ramp up the other thing that that i found interesting actually this week was the talk about uh how brandon Belt is uh, they're they're working him up slowly. Mm-hmm. So he will be ready for opening day. It's kind of a, a microcosm for MLB at large, the buildup, right? Everybody yeah. gets built up to be ready to play the whole season. And, you know, if you're a starter, throw six innings or throw 100 pitches, whatever it is. Uh, if you're an everyday player, you're trying to, you know, be able to, be ready to go for three full hours, giving it your all, because it's. I I know it. Baseball looks a lot easier than it is, but these are professional athletes that have to like spend four hours a day out on the diamond playing a game, and it's not easy. It's mm-hmm. it's athleticism. Yes, so it is. So our guy Brandon Belt will be ready. That's what they say for opening day.
1: Yep, he'll probably against the next week.
0: Yeah, that's a little tidbit of news I wanted to, to feather in uh, right at the start, just because it is kind of a, a microcosm for uh, spring training itself. And uh, he's a guy that we we have high hopes for. But um, if you have high hopes for what we do at Bad Flips and Maple Dips, you can check us out at BFMD Podcast on Twitter. BFMDpodcast.com is the website. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Justin, we're going to go through uh, some news and spring training updates very quickly. Some uh, interesting things that happened over the last few days since our last episode. And uh, today's the day we are going to start previewing players for 2023. Today we do our rotation. So we're going to talk about the five guys who are going to be the rotation barring something catastrophic happening. Uh, so these are the first five players and uh, we'll work our way through doing all the previews uh, as the uh, as the days roll by we'll come back with another episode Sunday where we'll preview the bullpen but tonight it's the rotation this is the one I'm excited for because I like pitching I know you like pitching and uh, we're gonna you know we're gonna take our time with it so without any further ado Justin go ahead And uh, lead us off there with uh, the news of the week.
1: For sure. Yeah. So big news for Blue Jays and the Blue Jays extended family. Uh, Alejandro Kirk and his wife have welcomed their baby daughter into the world. Uh, Kirk actually arrived at camp this morning. Of course, we talked about it last time, how he will not play at the World Baseball Classic just because of the delayed uh, arrival to camp. Guys who are playing overseas have already left. All the players who are playing in japan are over there now with guys who are going to be playing um they, they left a couple of days ago so most of them have arrived to get acclimatized to the time zone change and to start practicing with their teams so world baseball classic will get ramped up and i think it's like about a week or so from now is it not so that's going to be pretty pretty uh pretty quickly here um congrats to the kirks obviously it's great you got Hell the yeah. guy with dad strength on the team now so i <laughs> just bidding him to hit like 50 home runs now so that's how he's got
0: that he's got that dad strength yep and uh it's gonna be pretty awesome uh, actually you know what's kind of great is we have all these players who are young and their families are already growing and it's just kind of cool because it's already you got all these young guys it's already a community and to see it continue to grow with families and everything it's uh it's nice i don't know you love to see it you love to see it now, a lot of wedding pictures and shit, too. Like, you've seen all the boys and uh, some of the former boys. Like, uh, you'll see Rowdy Telez pop up quite a bit in the background of some pictures. In the foreground, too, of some pictures for weddings. I think Rowdy was uh, was best man or, or groomsman for Danny Jansen
1: I think vice he, versa. Uh, I thought he officiated the wedding.
0: Oh, maybe he did, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but those two boys are tight and uh yeah there's just the whole gang there's a lot of guys on this team that are very close and yeah. it's uh it's cool you Add spend one every more, day with uh, these
1: guys right so you, g- you get to be pretty good friends <laughs>
0: yeah we'll add one more baby to the mix it's great yeah, for Love sure to see it.
1: Um, this tweet's from adam Seaborn at ahb Seaborn on twitter he says uh the blue jays serviced the largest fan base mlb the 2023 spring training opener averaged 463,000 viewers on sportsnet those are larger than regular season numbers for every other team in baseball. So uh, just over, just about half a million people on average were watching the first game of spring training in Canada, a country of 33 million people. So that's a, that's a pretty big percentage of the population who watched it on average. That's not even just like the peak. That was an average. <laughs> so uh, people up here are pretty excited for baseball. I'm very excited about this Blue Jays team. So keep it up, folks. We love that. I love to support the boys.
0: Can I say something? This is really interesting to me. Ever since 2015, from what I can see here, from the perspective of a fan who started to pay more attention when the st- when the team was getting momentum in- at the end of 2014, the growth in popularity that the Jays have had in the last like 8 years is ridiculous.
1: Yep. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Like, look at these numbers; don't lie. Uh, I don't know if I would agree about the largest fan base in Major League Baseball. I'm pretty sure worldwide, you would find a lot more Yankees fans than you would Blue Jays fans. And
1: yeah, but I mean, doesn't mean those fans are watching the games, though. Is kind of what he's getting at here. So
0: yes, 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 yes. Credit, yes, credit to the Jays. They do have, uh, you know. uh, Approximately 35 million people in this country alone who are inclined to support the Jays because they are the only Canadian baseball team and have the only
1: nationally televised team, too. Um, so that's that's in, right, in all of Major League Baseball, every game is national.
0: That's right. So they are the easiest team to follow, yeah, in Canada. They are the most popular team in Canada, but also, um, they're the only one in this market and have been since 2005, when the Montreal Expos moved to Washington. Um, It just begs the question, why Major League Baseball isn't more assertive in trying to get more teams into this market, knowing it's this big and knowing that all 35, 36 million people in Canada, whatever it is, uh, they can't all be fans of the Toronto Blue Jays. We're not a homogenous group of people here in Canada. There's got to be, you know, some potential for other markets, and I think in the long term, MLB, despite the fact that they do lots of shit that slows down the growth of the game, cough, cough, blackouts. Um, you got to look at Montreal. You got to look at Vancouver. You got to know that there is more space in canada for more major league baseball yeah agree disagree
1: uh i don't know it's i didn't come prepared to talk about this today so
0: (laughs) i i wanted to shock you a little bit with something like that that's why i took this piece of news today i thought it was astonishing uh in that like it really goes to show how big the fan base is for this team but also There's more, I think there's so much potential for baseball in Canada. It's not really an expensive sport to play. Hockey is ridiculously expensive. Football is ridiculously expensive. Soccer is cheap. Baseball is cheap. Uh, I don't see why more people don't flock to the sport. Um, But we've definitely seen growth in this country since 2015. And I think we're only just getting started uh, in a new era of baseball popularity in Canada, and we're seeing it now with the stats from uh, from Sportsnet.
1: Yep, definitely agree with that. Uh, Mitch Bannon from Sports Illustrated says that Blue Jays have announced they've hired former Astros GM James Click to be the VP, VP of Baseball Strategy. Click hmm. was the Astros GM last season, Patrick, when they yep. won the World Series. Um, yep. And the rumor mill was speculating that him and manager dusty baker didn't really see eye to eye and yeah. the ownership of the team decided to stick with dusty over the guy who built the team so kind of a baffling decision but uh, a huge asset this guy is part of the team who built the current astros roster so he was responsible for the Altuves, the Bregmans, the springers the Correas. so um, definitely a, an interesting guy to have in the front office so we'll see how uh, how his role continues to develop with the team, but uh, a good pickup by the Blue Jays there.
0: Yeah, it's not a surprise. It's another it's another guy uh, being brought onto the team. We saw it with Don Mattingly. These guys come with experience and they know how to win. Yep. so just another add-on
1: for sure. Uh, some more broadcast news. Uh, TVA will produce and air 81 Blue Jay games in French this season as part of a three-year agreement announced by the team this morning. Uh, I, I remember back when Blue Jays games, there was a lot more on TSN and RDS would have the French yep. feed. Um, yep, and they so, used to have
0: French feed for uh, the Expos as well.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, But, but yeah, uh, no, it's yep. nice to see, Uh, and, and to your point a few minutes ago, about potential future expansion. I think broadcasting games in French is a big way to increase the popularity even further in quebec and other parts of canada like new brunswick where there's a lot of french-speaking populations so yeah it's uh only a good thing
0: yeah there's about seven million canadians who went from having a team that they could watch in their first language Mm -hmm. to zero and (laughs) that abrupt alienation uh by mlb uh, has definitely left a hole in uh, in people's lives uh, in the French speaking part of the country. Uh, so something like this, eighty one games. I wonder if it's all just all the home games.
1: I'm wondering that too. Yeah.
0: Prob. Uh, my guess is yes because that math it's, works. <laughs> yeah, it's probably cheaper to do it yeah. uh, all in one spot. Uh, yeah. But I think it's great. Oh yeah. Uh, you've for years. Uh, I've always had the opinion that the French broadcasting team that uh, RDS had was the best when it came to calling Montreal uh, Canadiens games. I used to watch only the French broadcasts unless it was Saturday night with my dad. Uh, but um, yeah, French broadcasting is is uh, very important to the growth of baseball in Canada. So this is another another win, another, another check mark. And I think it'll be interesting to see uh, in the long term, how many people listen to it, and whether or not it does impact the growth of the Jays and popularity, and I think the answer to both is like yes, it will. So, be excited for this, and to all of our French listeners, uh, merci.
1: Speaking of excited, Patrick, Ricky Teedman pitched the other day for the first time in spring training, <laughs> yep. he and sure did. He yeah he did, and he was throwing ninety nine miles an hour as a lefty at the beginning of march so we like that um he had four pitches uh that mike petrello had tweeted out and 99.4 98.8 98.1 97.8 there were only i believe it was like there was 25 pitches thrown by left handers in baseball last year that were 99 miles per hour or more and in all in the whole season 25 pitches Not 25%, 25 total pitches by lefties thrown at 99 or higher. So Ricky Tiedemann's got a chance to be a a fireballer from the left side, which is just so, so rare. And his first outing was impressive. A couple strikeouts, lots of strikes thrown. Uh, The team has been raving about what they've been seeing from him so far still obviously an incredibly incredible long shot to make this team with this spring training i personally think there's like a, a very like 0.1 chance just due to the roster and the fact that he's pitched 75 innings last year so he's there's no rush no there's and we no talked rush. about this uh in our in our chat off Mike that he's gonna he's gonna do it out like manoa did he's either going to spend the entire year in, in the minor leagues or he's going to force himself onto this team much like manoa did two seasons ago by pitching well in either double-A AA or triple-A wherever they start him. I think they'll be probably be ambitious and even send him the Buffalo right away. But um, it, Ricky's got to develop a bit more in terms of just his endurance and stamina and the ability to add innings onto that arm because when he does make it to the big leagues, the Jays are going to want him to get up to 170, 180 innings uh, season after season, right? So it's a big jump from the 75 he threw last year.
0: Yeah, uh there's no rush though to bring this kid up uh, he'll. We also talked a little bit about this previously, both uh, off mic as well as on this mm-hmm. this podcast. Ricky is on this similar track to Manoa. Yep. I don't want to com- say they're the same guy because they're not.
1: No, nope. but
0: they're. Uh, Ricky's going to force his way onto this roster, and whether it's this year or next year, take your pick. Take your pick Yeah, remember I, he's, he's he's inevitable.
1: Twenty years old. He won't turn twenty-one until the eighteenth of August, which is basically when the season's almost over. E- so yeah. there's there is absolutely no rush for Ricky Tiedemann. Um, it's not like he's a Nate Pearson where he's already twenty-five. You know, like he's at the very beginning of his development. He was drafted in twenty twenty-one. He's only been in the organization for less than two years, and the fact that he could debut at triple a this year just shows how incredible of a find he was straight out of high school so
0: he's making it really difficult though that's that's how (laughs) you know you got some. you have a you know special a special player he's making decisions more difficult than they should be and he's only 20 so there you go high hopes for this kid um let's see what he does this year in triple a i guess
1: yep i think I think that sh- should be where he goes. He might, Maybe he'll start in double-A, but I think it'd be a very short stint if he continues to be dominant. Um, let's talk about the the main segment today, Patrick. You've prepared this a little bit here. We're going to preview our starting yep. rotation. We've got the five guys who are, let's face it, most likely to be the rotation here. We've got Alec Manoa, Kevin Gossman, Chris Bassett, Jose Barrios, and Yusei Kikuchi. We're going with Kikuchi because A, signed a contract to be a starting pitcher and be has shown signs this spring, which we'll discuss as we get to him. Where are we going to start with this, Patrick?
0: I want to start with Alec Manoa because I think that he is our ace. Ooh. Although you could you can certainly make a case for Kevin Gossman. Uh, I'm going with Manoa. I think he will be the opening day starter. And I think he is our our number one pitcher. The guy we probably want to pitch the most innings, if not the second mm. most. I, I I just see him as being the face of the uh, the rotation right now. Okay. In this moment. Mm. Okay. Uh, so if you don't mind, I'll I'll lead off just by kind of recapping how Alec Manoa's last uh, two seasons have gone, as far as the change we've seen, and uh, we'll talk about what our expectations are. Sure. All right. So starting with Alcmanoa, he's the righty that I think is going to uh, be the lead on this rotation. Uh very interesting to look at his performance in 2021 and 2022 leading into this year. He saw a pretty big uptick in his innings. He went from starting 20 games last year to starting 31 and he went from pitching about 111, 112 innings to very close to 200, actually would have been over 200 if we included the playoff games that we don't have to talk about because it will (laughs) make us big sad. Uh, He saw a downtick in his strikeouts uh, this year. However, he also saw a pretty significant downtick in his walks uh, and his home runs. He left a lot more guys on base this year, uh, and uh, he got the whip under one. That's pretty impressive.
1: That's incredible, yeah. Anything under 1.3 is like good good and he was below one so
0: yeah so uh coming into 2023 uh we have pretty high hopes for him uh the era saw almost a full uh full run drop from 2021 to 2022 which is crazy considering how good a 3.22 era already is Mm -hmm. uh the FIP numbers are good uh he beat the projections uh pretty handily for those uh the xfip at 3.97 last year was good he was worth two wins above replacement in 2021 according to fangrass he doubled that in 2022 to 4.1 justin what do you see out of alec manoa what what is what impresses you the most out of manoa and uh what are your hopes for 2023
1: yeah for sure so a guy who just turned 25 in January of course finished second in Cy Young voting uh, in his age 24 season what more do you need to know there right like that's it's an incredible talent a guy who had thrown as you have here 111 innings in his major league career and then the next season out he goes and throws almost 285 inning increase and finishes second in Cy Young voting it's just it's unreal and, I mean, you, you look at his at his pitches and just that devastating slider, the incredible run he gets on his sinker. His foreseen fastball is not straight either. And, I mean, when you look at the numbers, like they don't lie. Like, hitters have a hard time hitting his pitches. The highest batting average was his sinker, which was 225. Like, yeah. <laughs> that could, that's, that's a lot of pitchers they have an, a batting average against of higher than that, and that was his worst batting average against so i mean you look you look at his actual pitches his four seamer patrick a negative 19 run value that's that's incredible like you don't have many pitchers. a negative is good in this sense by the way people um, none of his pitches were a positive run value his that's worst insane. pitch is his change at minus four slider minus six and sinker negative seven so Every one of his pitches has a, a sees a positive outcome and by the way, that change up went from a, a positive two in twenty twenty one to a negative four so really across the board he improved uh every pitch got better last year hitters performed worse against it year over year and it's it's really a testament to show like how much work he puts in and He's always one of the first guys to offer advice to his teammates, offer feedback. Like not only does he like walk the walk, but he talk he talks the talk and he walks the walk, right? He's not a one-dimensional guy. Like he is out there proving it every time. Um while I don't I think Kevin Gosman's gonna start opening day, <laughs> I I I don't disagree that Manoa could be uh, the starter there. Um there's no wrong decision between those two guys. And I just think that Gosman's the vet. He has the track record, and I think uh, after Barrios got the opening day start last year over Gosman, I'd like to see Gosman get that chance this year.
0: Totally fair. Uh, before we move on to Gosman, though, I do want to briefly just double back on uh, on his pitches. He's a four pitch pitcher. The four seam fastball you mentioned. Uh, he's got a little bit of movement on. It. He's very very aggressive with it. Uh, it's Kinda of like the Axeman, he's very aggressive with it. It's a heavy fastball, uh, with movement. Uh it's uh it's the pitch that gets uh, hit the hardest uh, of all of his uh pitches. Uh the slug on it last year was three thirty eight. But that's nothing.
1: That's pretty low. Yeah.
0: That is really, really low. Uh he's a guy you don't get you you don't get a lot of hard contact off of him you just don't that's a fact based on statistics and performance uh he's very aggressive with his slider i love seeing heat maps like this you see the aggressive especially the lower half of the zone Mm -hmm. that's really where the slider lives but there's a pretty (laughs) yeah he, he he tries to get guys biting right on the outside corner i love that but he's very aggressive with his slider the sinker is uh, somewhat aggressive, but most of it lands uh, on what I guess for a right-handed batter would be on, like, the inside. Yep. That's an annoying pitch because you, you've got to decide quickly if you're going to bite on it or not, and he mm-hmm. gets a lot of whiffs from, uh, from a pitch like that. The changeup, uh, the heat map is kind of similar to the sinker, but he does attack the lower part of the zone, tries to get guys uh, biting with it um, but because it's still in the zone it does not matter uh, this guy has the four pitches you would hope to have in a in an aggressive fastball slinging uh, you know frustrating attack the zone type of pitcher and uh, he has all the tools he needs to continue uh, wreaking havoc on the American League East, and I fully expect to see another season very similar to what we saw the last two years. I don't know whether or not he can uh, recapture that same level of dominance because all the hitters have now seen all of this and have a full season of Alec Manoa destroying them. Uh, But I still think that he will be one of the most effective pitchers in the american league and he'll still be uh Cy Young a Cy Young threat so uh do you want to take uh the gas man next Kevin Gossman
1: yeah let's talk about him so really the the yeah Manoa and Gossman are 1A 1B on this team not too many teams have two number one starters in their rotation but uh Kevin Gossman of course is coming off of another incredible season uh should have gotten more consideration for awards, but for some reason didn't. Uh, we mentioned Alec Manoa went from a 2.0 F4 season in 2021 to a 4.1 in 2022. Gosman went from a 4.8 in 2021 to a 5.7 Fangraphs war last year. So he even was able to improve on what was an even outst- even uh, an outstanding 2021 he threw about 18 less innings last year. Of course, he missed a couple starts when he took that comebacker off the foot. We're incredibly fortunate it wasn't more. His strikeout numbers stayed relatively similar, right around 10.5, just over. The walk rate actually dropped because, of course, it took him like it was like 55 innings or something before he walked a single batter. Walk rate was below 1.5 batters per nine. The home run numbers dropped. Uh, On-base numbers stayed similar. The thing that was a dramatic increase for Gosman was the batting average against and of course we we talked about it how he was kind of victimized by batting average on balls in play or BABIP, and there were a lot of there's was, there was a relative lot of hard hit contact on his fastball last year which was kind of interesting uh we saw especially earlier in the early in the season teams were kind of laying off of his his sinker because he was either throwing a sinker below the zone or a fastball in the zone and they kind of just started recognizing that and he had to adapt and start throwing that sink or that splitter excuse me more for strikes the BABIP increase went from 274 which is low in 2021 to 363 last year very high um, there were some folks on twitter myself included and chris black at sportsnet who did note that gosman at the beginning of the season the blue jays were using the shift aggressively and they slowly tapered that off as the season went along and it helped to limit the hits as gosman's kind of one of those guys who um batters typically go against the shift against him because it's just the nature of making weak contact on that spl- on that sin- on that splitter Overall, I mean, obviously a 5.7 F4 season, he drastically outperformed his, his, uh, ERA. His FIP was 2.75 compared to a 3.35 ERA. So fan graphs and all the projections think that he had a better season than that ERA number indicates. And that was probably due to the hard hit contact. Uh, overall, um, <laughs> again, looking at the, you how know, the pitch values and the run values, The splitter was a negative 14 last year, Patrick Marsh. The year before in 2021, it was a negative 23 when he was with the Giants. The fastball, even though it got hit relatively hard, was still a negative 2. The year before, it was a negative 10. The slider didn't change. It was a positive 5 both years. Not really a pitch. He throws a ton, 14.5% of the time. And the changeup, he didn't throw it very often. Only 52 changeups all year. So we won't really really, uh, utilize that in our grading. Not our grading, but our previews here. Uh, Look for Gosman, I think. uh, I mean, you could say to have a bounce back here, even though how do you bounce back from 5.7 war? I think you'll see a lot fewer hits against him. The Blue Jays have a better defense this year. I think uh, the fact that his home run numbers dropped to me. People always talk about, hey, oh, Roger Center, the American League East you're going to give up home runs. He actually gave up fewer home runs than he had the year before playing in a very pitcher-friendly ballpark in San Francisco for his home games. So, um, yeah, I mean, a guy who, in my opinion, is still the ace on this team, even though you could make the argument for Manoa, but looking forward to seeing how he kind of adapts and mitigates that hard contact this year. That's what I'm looking for in Gosman. What do you got?
0: Yeah, I agree. I think... Uh, he was a victim, a little bit of players beating the shift for a little while. And mm-hmm. I think once players keyed in on his sinker, uh, he ran into a lot of trouble with his fastball getting, uh, getting hit pretty hard. Uh, yeah. I mean, the numbers don't lie. Um, that, I'm not trying to criticize Gossman because I think he's an excellent pitcher. I still think he's one of the 10 best pitchers, uh, in the American league, uh, at the very least the American league East he's, he's in the top five. He's, he's, he's very strong. My concern, uh, is that, um, it took a while to see him make the adjustments to, uh, to, to kind of bounce back a little bit because he was getting hit pretty hard. There was a chunk of the season where he, it's not that he didn't look good because he looked good the entire year. It's that he went from looking phenomenal to looking just good. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 weird to explain because he had such a hot streak at the start of the year where he did not give up a walk, period. And walks were never a problem, and they'll nope. never be a problem with Gaussman. It's just the contact part yeah. that concerned me. So the middle chunk of the season— where he, he still looked good, but it wasn't as good as what he could have looked. And we weren't seeing the adjustments that we expect to see from an A starter. And this is why I give Manoa the edge. Uh, I didn't see the adjustments from Kevin Gossman that were needed until later in the season. Now, look, I can't pitch. I'm not a pitcher. I'm not a, I'm not a coach. I only know what I see on TV. So I'm not an expert. I'm just a person who watches the game. This is what I observed. That being said, in the back end of the season, he was just as strong, if not stronger than Manoa. He looked great. And he he didn't look like he was anywhere close to running out of steam. Uh, He's the kind of guy who can log, you know, close to 200 innings for you. And uh, while he didn't last year, he looked a lot fresher in my opinion, than Manoa did. That's just my two cents. I don't know what you think about that, but... um, I like what Gossman does. He doesn't concede walks. He doesn't concede home runs. He is a strikeout machine. Uh, If he can limit the hits even a fraction uh, fewer than what he did last year, he'll be right back into the top uh, five, top ten for Cy Young voting again. And he gives this team a chance to win... And hopefully this year, unlike last year, he gets a little bit more run support <laughs> yeah. and he'll get some more wins.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, the team definitely didn't score enough runs for him last year. And I think being able to prevent runs this year will also benefit Kevin Gosman. As I mentioned earlier, having that improved defense, uh, a lot of those line drives that may have been getting like, short hopped or falling out of the reach will not, have the, not be the case this year with a speedy outfield. Next up, Patrick, uh, Chris Bassett. What can you tell us about our offseason free agent signing? Uh,
0: Not as much uh, as other pitchers because I didn't really watch him. Um, What I will say uh, is that in the last two seasons, Chris Bassett saw an uptick in his innings pitched, which isn't a surprise. He became much more relied upon. Um, The Ks are good. 8.27 last year. Down a little bit from the year before, but still consistent. The walks, very consistent. 2.43 last year, 2.23 in 2021. Uh, The home runs went up a very slight amount, but still under one per nine inning. That's great. Uh, He leaves a lot of guys on base, always has. Uh, Gave up a little bit more in terms of walks and hits last year. Saw a slight increase in the whip. But with an ERA of three point four two, he beats the fit projection. He beats the X fit projection. Uh, he's basically a three war pitcher.
1: Yeah, we love um, that.
0: Limits uh, players to very low exit velocities. He uh, does not give up a lot of hard contact. Fact. Does not walk a lot of guys. Fact. Middle of the road as far as uh, strikeouts. He does not get guys to chase. That's something that they'll look to improve on this year, especially with a pitching coach like Pete Walker, who places such an emphasis on deception in delivery. Uh, I really like what Chris Bassett brings. He's, I don't know if I would necessarily call him an upgrade on Ross Stripling. He certainly has a longer uh, track track record of success, more consistency than Strips does. That being said, obviously we love Ross Stripling on this podcast. And we, ex- we have high hopes that Chris Bassett will fill that role quite well. And uh, there's no reason to think that he won't. Uh, how do you feel?
1: Yeah, I feel exactly the same. I mean, every every projection model out there has him having a similar season to what he did last year. And really there's no reason to expect otherwise. Uh, this is the kind of pitcher, like, he, like he's mentioned, he doesn't have a ton of strikeout. But I mean, he strikes, like you said, just under a batter per inning, which is still very good it's more than Alec Manoa they um, they're very similar to Alec Manoa and I mean outside of having a, a different arsenal I mean they they kind of have similar like uh batting numbers against him and Manoa do they do it in different ways Bassett's going to throw a sinker a cutter a curveball a four seamer what they call a sweeper on baseball of a hunt a slider and a changeup, and he throws them all the lowest pitch he uses was his changeup, and it was still 6.2% of the time. So this guy's got seven pitches that he uses regularly. It, uh, uh, he's like a
0: Swiss Army knife. He's got yeah. everything. It's almost like I love it. He's not quite
1: U Darvish's level, because I think you Darvish has like 14 pitches or something stupid. It, the guy yeah, just, if, there's a, if there's a pitch, he probably throws it. But uh, yeah, it sinker most of the time. So sinker, a.k.a. two-seam fastball, what Alc throws with great movement. That's about a third of the time the cutter at 17 percent which he works up and away to righties whereas the sinker is kind of middle and down uh the this curve is what ball, we
0: like to call a good
1: cutter a good cutter because the the heat map is a tight red circle in the upper uh third outside to the to righties it's not a cutter that kind of floats all over the place uh the curveball he works it down in the zone down and in uh to lefties down and away from righties Four-seamer, he kind of works in a similar spot to the cutter, kind of on the upper third again. So yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly what you want to do. That's what you want to do. Yeah, those are two pitches that they come in at different speeds. Uh, his fastball average is 93, and the cutter is 89, so enough to throw a guy off and either turn uh, uh into a, a, a foul ball or something weak contact if they're guessing on either one of those pitches.
0: Yeah, and they have different spin rates, which means yeah. when contact happens— <laughs> That's, that's how you get foul balls.
1: Yeah, that's so how you get foul balls. the sweeper is an interesting pitch. I haven't really heard of too many guys throwing this, Patrick. And it's 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 it's, it's almost a slider, but it doesn't spin as much. So it's going to be a, more of like a, a loopy pitch where it's going to have a consistent break rather than a sharp late break. He throws this down and away from righties. I couldn't see him using this much against lefties because it's definitely a pitch that doesn't have velocity to it. Um, his his sweeper average is only seventy five point two versus a slider at eighty two point eight, so it's almost like a changeup version of a slider.
0: It's like a I was gonna say it's like a bad slider. Yeah, but not bad as in like it's worthless. Mm-hmm. It's bad in that it's like <laughs> it's like you're throwing it wrong on purpose yeah. and it does weird. It's doing like it does weird stuff.
1: Weird stuff. It's almost like a like a knuckleball slider. Where it just it doesn't have a ton of spin, but it's still enough to make it move. So fastball average is just below 93. That's the sinker. The four-seamer is 93.3, so just above 93, so two similar speeds. The cutter's at 89, curveball at 71.5, sweeper at 75, slider at 83, and the changeup at eighty four 85. So varying speeds... The reason that he doesn't have a lot of chase is because he induces a lot of weak contact. This is a guy who does not get hit hard. He was in the 87th percentile for limiting hard hit contact. And the 95th for limiting, like, he has a very low exit velocity on average. He's a guy that does not get barreled up. And while he doesn't get swing and miss, he just induces those weak ground balls that we love to see as Blue Blue Jays fans. He almost, he had about a 49% ground ball rate last year, which... Plays (laughs) Which plays <laughs> that's absurd. Yeah. So, look for him to utilize Matt Chapman, uh, Bo Bichette, whoever's at second base, and Vladdy on the infield lots. There is going to be a lot of action there, a lot of double plays when this guy's on the mound, and hopefully, a lot of quick innings for Chris Bassett. Because, yeah, like you said, he's a guy who pitched 181 innings last year, was a career high, his previous career high was the year before with oakland at one 157 so he's upped his innings the last couple of years he's a guy who in his mid-30s has found consistency and he was rewarded for it so hopefully he can continue that as a blue jay
0: this is a pitcher that i would absolutely hate to be in the box again <laughs> yeah you would you, absolutely the kitchen you, sink it's it's the kitchen sink approach but it's also like when it he's very aggressive with his fastballs uh, and he's actually surprisingly aggressive with the change up. Mm-hmm. He does this little thing. I don't know I don't know why the heat, why he does this, but he throws a high outside change up. Yeah. That would be annoying as hell. Oh my god, I would not want. Well, it to
1: think do about that. it, right? Because that pitch is going to be breaking in on righties and away from lefties. That's terrible. And you would I think would about that. it, and you'd say, okay, it's a fastball because it's at the top. It looks like it's going to get the top of the zone, and then it has that late and movement. Then it and it dies and in, inside on you, and you just hit you hits right off your hands. The, like that's that's dirty. Yeah. <laughs> the
0: best, the best of his pitches is his sinker, cutter, and curveball. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we haven't really seen a pitcher pitch like this in Toronto in a, uh, a while. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if one or two of these pitches we don't really see. I would be surprised. He probably won't ditch the changeup because the changeup yeah. is kind of... It's kind of like you see a lot of, of guys improve their changeup coming to the Jays. Um I don't. I just. See, I don't know if he needs to throw seven different the pitches. The
1: thing that I would counter that with is, he's thirty four, he's got a track record of being consistent. Why why tinker with that too much? He's not a twenty two year old Fair. anymore. Like he's it's he's been doing the same pitch mix the last three seasons really, and he had the sweeper after the twenty nineteen season, and I mean the sinker's always been good. The cutter and the four seamer have been relatively consistent over the last four years. The cutter's actually gotten better, um, which I know you love. <laughs> the cutter, <laughs> the curveball's gotten better, but so. he,
0: throws, he throws a good cutter. His cutter's it's, worth it's negative runs, so we love it's that. A, it's above average, yep. slightly above average in velocity. The rest of his pitches are way below mm-hmm. average in velocity. Uh, so that tells me it's a, a pitch that he's really spent the effort refining. The fastball is about as good as Strips was, so this isn't Ross Stripling. I I know that. Yeah. I, it's not the same pitcher. It's you know his changeup is slower, uh, and it's it, his changeup isn't his second pitch. It's his cutter. His his changeup is like his fifth or sixth pitch. I just I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in that sweeper. I don't really.
1: You gotta see it first.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. We
1: haven't watched this guy pitch a bunch. We'll get a pretty good sense in april he's going to get four or five starts the first month and a half of the season or six starts probably yeah he cooled and off we'll, a lot in his last
0: three or four starts yeah. which is concerning but not really that concerning i just want to see let's see what he has i want to yep. see a few starts where he throws all seven pitches and honestly we've seen pete walker do this with other starters many times now uh they'll shorten it up if it doesn't work if there's a pitch that doesn't work it'll be gone it's the same with kikuchi's uh cutter yeah if it doesn't work it's gone well and they i mean cut the, they cut his slutter out too
1: he's a he's Spider a veteran too, too right like he's gonna if, if one pitch isn't working he's got other pitches he can throw and him yeah and he's too he's too Jana smart not to yeah they'll figure it out yeah uh, Tell me about Jose Barrios. Yeah, let's here talk about go. Jose Barrios. This, this is the is one the, I was most interested in talking this is, about. Yeah, this is an incredibly interesting position for the Blue Jays to be in here with your number three or number four, depending how they organized the rotation, started being Jose Barrios, a guy who in 2021 threw 192 innings between Minnesota and Toronto and was worth four F war that season. This past season, he threw 172 innings and was only worth 1.1 war. Still a positive contributor, But there were obviously about a third of his starts that were not positive at all. Of course, we talked about it many times. Two-thirds of his starts were very good. It was the bad ones that were really bad. Like the opening day start where he couldn't get out of the first inning. Um, The strikeout numbers dipped Patrick. They went from 9.5 down to below 8 at 7.8. The walks went up marginally from 2.1 to 2.35. Home runs were up. This was what really killed him last year he was giving it more contact a 286 batting average and 1.5 home runs versus 1 the year before so just more long balls more big hits allowed against the whip because of the batting average increasing by 65 points year over year went up from 1.06 to 1.42 out of that elite category to just average the war or the ERA excuse me at 5.23 was higher than his FIP of five, 4.5 and an xFIP fip of 4.2. So Fangraphs does think that, yes, he was the victim of some unfortunate luck, you could call it, or just batted ball circumstance. But it still wasn't a great season for him. Um, they talked about how he spent all winter making some tweaks to the mechanics Uh, how he was working with the Blue Jays. He had himself admitted that he was doubting himself. We talked about it last week. He had that quote where he said, why am I doubting myself? I'm Jose Barrios. Like he's, he understands he's, he was the first one to admit that he was having a bad season and that he had a bad season. And although the numbers weren't great, the encouraging thing is that he didn't let his command get out of the way. He was still high up in, in walks and like in, on the low end, of course. And he was still getting plenty of chase, so the the stuff is still there, the talent is still there. he was healthy the full season, which even though he wasn't great for a lot of it, it was still beneficial to the team because when Hujan Ryu went down early, another starter going down would have been catastrophic so i'm I'm cautiously optimistic i I believe in the track record of Jose brios myself, and I think that this is it's Barrio's comeback season. Like he, I think he's going to be back to normal Jose around a three and a half ERA. And I think the home run numbers are going to come down. I think he'll be a better pitcher than he was last year.
0: Yep, that's very fair. Uh, just as a little experiment, if you're on the Savant page there, Justin, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. toggle between 2021 and 2022. <laughs> yeah. And I want you to tell me what you, the difference you see in his slurve that, that curveball that he throws? What sure. You,
1: what do you see the difference in? Let me, let me take a look at it right now. I've got it up. So, yeah, you look at his slurve, which he does throw most of the time. So 30% of the time he's throwing that, that slider curveball. He calls it a curveball, but it's called the slurve. The biggest thing you'll notice, in my opinion, Patrick, 2021, that sucker is down and away to righties and down and in on lefties. It's not leaking out over the heart of the plate. It's not up to righties. This year, there were a lot... There's a, there's a pretty large percentage of red on the inner half to righties or outer half to lefties those are hangers he still had a pretty good proportion of ones that were down in the zone but a lot of them as you've had me point out were not in good spots and I would challenge you to look at the four seam fastball positioning too Patrick
0: that was the next thing I was going to say is let's take a look at the fastball position you look at the four seamer in 2021 it was a, a pitch that he relied upon. Uh, nice, solid uh, radius as far as... It's a
1: jam sandwich map. for radius right there, right on the inside corner and just Perfect. a little bit inside. Look
0: at his four-seam fastball last year. Up. The heat map.
1: <laughs> in the zone, it's, up. It's
0: up in the zone. None of
1: the, none of the dark red pieces are out of the zone. They're all firmly in the heart of the plate, whereas you it's, look at 2021, it's pretty evenly split. On the inner half right on that right on the black yikes
0: well yeah so i'm well, talking
1: about i'm talking about the sinker uh no the fastball <laughs> but yeah in the fastball was bad too
0: <laughs> the, the four-seam fastball in 2021 was very it was a very tight consistent spot that was usually his first pitch yeah uh as one is wont to do uh on an, a zero zero count if you look at the heat map for the four seam in 2022, he threw it a lot more than he threw a sinker, and it was, it was, it's, it's Fogo city, it's ugly, 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 the heat map is all over the place, but it's really, it's, it's up and in, it's a great spot to pull and, uh and yank it over the over the wall and that's what happened many many times
1: yeah i would even out. say like if you look at the the change up too it's just last year is a location thing and we saw it so often where one start he would be on the first base side of the rubber next start he'd be closer to third base next start he'd be kind of in the middle they were trying to tinker with this that he would stop having pitches leak over the zone and some starts would be very good he come out the next time trying to do the exact same thing and it wouldn't work so it was just his
0: confidence was shattered confidence was shattered ap- immediately after that start against texas yeah you look at and he his release the rest of the year
1: trying to build it back up. release points were not consistent last year because of all the moving around the four seamer a positive 17 run value patrick yep it's always the it's, it's never been his pitch yeah it's never been his best pitch but it's never been that bad and his other pitches have made up for it in the past like last year the sinker was negative four the year before was negative 10 so there was just uh, a kind of a coordinated effort <laughs> on jose prios's part where he kind of just he shot himself in the foot and then he said yeah the, the fastball batting average against of 349 what like that's insane like you you're you're giving up all time major league numbers <laughs> and, on that. Stop throwing that pitch. Well, stop throwing it where you're throwing it. You've got to locate it better. You can't. He's not going to abandon the four seam fastball. No, of course not. But, but it, he's got and, and and of course, and that's why he didn't. That's why he continued to have a, a lackluster season is because you you can't just abandon the fastball, or else they're going to sit on everything else, and it's going to get even worse for you. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely. It's a location thing for him. The velocity never dipped last year. Like the velocity year over year was the same. Um, the overall pitch usage relatively similar. Nothing really increased too much. He threw his his sinker a bit a bit less and his four-seamer a bit more last year. But I mean, a couple percentage points, which over the course of a year is 50, 60 pitches difference. So, I mean, it, it wasn't a huge um, change there. But yeah, like the velocity is the exact same year over year. So we're not really worried about like uh, like dead arm or anything like that. Like it was just, it was location. That's all it was. And it's, it's delivery, release, whatever it is. He's just got to be more consistent with that and just make those pitches in better spots.
0: I mean, if he does nothing else during the off season and during spring training, really finesse that fastball because mm-hmm. that screwed him last year. He would never caught up. He never caught up. No, he, he spent the uh, whole year trying to chase fixing that, and he, it's it screwed him up. And he did it's not, talk it about it sucks because that, he's such a uh, great pitcher. Yeah, he
1: he talked about how he likes to have a long spring training. Yeah, and of course nobody did last year. We can't use that yeah. as an excuse for him, but no, that was but it just it shattered his confidence. I think yeah, he he didn't he probably didn't feel ready going into the season, and of course getting thrown out there on opening day, and not having a good start is bad for the confidence um he's only made one appearance so far this spring he went two innings give up a couple of hits walked one and struck out one so we can't make any inferences off of that so far but we'll get more data as the spring goes along we'll be able to get a better sense of if it is 2021 or 2022 jose Brios who shows up this year anything to add on him before we chat about the, the fifth guy who is also very interesting <laughs>
0: No, to be honest with you, I think Jose Barrios is a a prime candidate to be comeback player of the year. Um, This next week, too. (laughs) Comeback in that he had such an atrocious last year. Yeah. That he was – he's actually – I mean, I don't want to say he was the worst pitcher on this team. Because he wasn't. (laughs) No, but he – it's weird to say, but I in way, there are, in certain ways, I think Kikuchi outperformed Barrios. But then in other ways, I not at all. Disagree it's hard wholeheartedly to, on that. It's but. hard to say. I think they both had bad seasons.
1: Yep. Um, but I'm ready to talk about Kikuchi. Let's talk about Yusei Kikuchi, Patrick.
0: Yeah, I'm excited because this is the guy that I wanted them to sign. And this is the guy I talked about before. And uh, while, yes, last year was... An ugly, ugly, (laughs) ugly season for Yusei Kikuchi. Um, There's a lot to be hopeful about. There's still a lot that he does very well. And uh, we can't just fire him into the sun. It's not, that's, it's not, that's not going to help us. Um, So let's just get started. Uh, Really the difference between 2021 and 2022 is that he had a pretty significant collapse as a starter. His innings went way down because he stopped starting. Uh, yeah. Because he just could not be relied upon to <laughs> start. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's a great strikeout guy. Last year, he was uh, 11.09 Ks per nine. That's great. V-
1: those numbers are higher because of the time in the bullpen. His strikeout rate was very high when he was a reliever. So that definitely helped these numbers.
0: Yeah. Uh, but overall, he is a strikeout guy. Like, he can do it, he's got good pitches that can. Uh, draw uh, catch or hitters into uh, striking out the problem last year one of the two problems last year was the walks they were out of control hmm. uh walking three four five guys in a row it was just murder like it was just it the game was over in the first or second inning and you can't you can't have that that's nonsense uh and the other thing was that he was just serving up meatballs like yeah, he was working at IKEA. Everywhere, yeah. yeah, it was it was bad. Uh he does limit base runners uh in that once they get on he he get out of jams. The whip was terrible last year. We don't really need to readdress this. The the, the numbers were just bad. He was a negative value pitcher. Uh blueberries all over the Savant page. Uh ugly ugly. Let's talk about the heat map. Let's just let's get into it. Yep. Uh, 50% of the time he throws his fastball. His fastball heat map was not consistent. Um, a lot of stuff, mostly on the outside half of the plate, uh, to righties. And, uh, you know, that's fine, I guess. But just the location wasn't really there. Um, but it wasn't really, I don't think it was getting tagged too bad either. I don't think it was... Well, I take that back. It was tagged pretty bad, but not nearly as bad as his slider. Yeah. Uh, you look at the heat map of his slider, uh, right in the upper upper half, uh, that's Meatball Central. That's where balls go to get hit 600 plus or 400 plus feet. <laughs> 600 feet. 600 feet. There, yeah, that's <laughs> it's Mickey Mantle come back. Dead. <laughs> no, um, but there's two significant red spots on the map one in the right area. That you kind of want it to be if Mm. if you're a lefty throwing to a righty. The other one is right in the middle, which is where balls go uh, yard. Yep, you don't want that. The changeup map looks like a Jackson Pollock. It's brutal. I don't even know how to describe this except to say uh, location was a problem. (laughs) A pretty significant problem for the changeup. But the changeup was actually his best pitch.
1: Yes I mean, yep, yeah, you could say it was.
0: but it was also uh, the location wasn't consistent it
1: was not consistent at all. The heat map looks like a Jackson Pollock painting. it's all over the place. Yeah it's that's, what, massacre I, that's what
0: I was saying. It's not it's not ideal. It's not what you want your change up map to look like. it's not consistent. Uh, if you want to know what your changeup map should look like, just go take a look at Ross Stripling's 2022 metrics. That's how you do it. Yep. Um, but Kikuchi did make adjustments, and we did see some improvements. That's why his changeup is a negative value pitch. Uh, there were improvements. The cutter—I said this a hundred thousand times last year—he had to ditch the cutter because it was garbage, and it was getting absolutely clobbered. You can see it—the uh, map lower inside perfect candidate to be cracked over matt chapman's head for extra bases uh consistently that's just that's what it was uh, left-hander throwing cutter across the plate is a, uh, like that is a recipe for disaster and a disaster it indeed was uh which is why he abandoned it partway through the season and started throwing the slutter which i think those numbers got batched in with the slider
1: yeah it was it was uh, just a whole thing.
0: Those numbers were also sh- dog shit. Uh he still gets guys to swing. Yeah. He has swing and miss stuff. The stop. whiff
1: numbers are great.
0: Uh a lot of other numbers are not great. He's a way above average fastball. I think he's got the heat. He's got the juice. He does.
1: He's one of very few lefties who average 95 plus on the fastball.
0: I love it. He's got a fast fastball. Yeah. His slider is above average velo, You know, I love that above way above average changeup. You know, I love that the cutter is really fast, but it's also not very good. So bye-bye, get rid of it. Yeah, uh, it's not working. Uh, so uh, I expect to see Yusei Kikuchi be a three pitch pitcher this year. Maybe he throws that cutter every once in a while for old time's sake, but hopefully uh, it's 9 to nothing, Blue Jays when he does that. Cause ch- I just feel like it's just a recipe for disaster. Um, I see him as being a, a, a huge comeback opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, has worked. This man has worked his ass off. He's got a from, beard now. From day one <laughs> of signing with this team until present, this guy has never stopped working.
1: He, he, he volunteered he, to go to AAA, and they told him no last year. You want this to, man you want to go to AAA to stay on a starter's rotation?
0: Like, yep. He is humble. He is yep. hungry. He is He's a good pitcher who had a terrible year, and it's bad, and he knows it. Everybody knows it. He does not need anybody to remind him of how bad it was last year. Uh, the back half of his 2021 was also not good, but give credit where credit is due. He has a lot of things going for him, especially when it comes to his velo. If he can get his control back under control, I think that he will be a guy whose ERA hovers around four. And I think he'll I'd be love that. much more consistent. And I I think next year, definitely come back central for him.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that jumps out to me on the Savant page, similar pitchers to use based on velocity and movement. One of them is 2021 Robbie Ray. We know what Robbie Ray did last that year. He won the Cy Young Award as a Blue. Jay. Robbie
0: Ray also knows how to throw a slider better he does. than pretty much anybody in baseball. Yeah, and but
1: it's interesting. It's based on velocity and movement. So the stuff is there. As the that's the only thing that's the only thing I'm going to infer from that is that the stuff is there for him to be good. The execution needs to be better. Um, yeah, yeah. And for me, it's he's been throwing a curveball this year in the spring. Something really? that he used to throw, they um, said back in twenty twenty nine, or twenty twenty nine, twenty nineteen, he had back a few threw a curveball. He threw a curveball fifteen percent of the time that year. It didn't do well, but they've been tinkering it. They're trying to kind of find a hybrid. It's probably it might end up being a slurve, like Jose Barrios is, where it's not a straight twelve six curveball. It's not a slider. It's somewhere in between which if he's dumping the work.
0: cutter he's i i love the idea of him having a fourth pitch like a get yeah. me out of this especially something like a curveball but holy shit i think i no think no more left-handed cutters please. yeah he,
1: his his changeup is technically a split change um fan or savant groups them all together but it's it's they call it more of a split change where it's more of a straight down rather than a down and in kind of pitch um so it's more—it's called a split change. So I think you'll, we'll see that quite a bit from him this year. I think we'll see more change up. Because he, he, when you throw 95 as a lefty, why aren't you throwing a change up more? Um, I think we'll yeah. see more slurve, curve, whatever they're going to call it. They might even replace the slider. I don't know if he ends up being just a three-pitch pitcher. But they're really going to tinker with it this spring. And, and the early results have been very good, Patrick. I mean, he's pitched twice so far this spring. Four innings total, two innings each time. He's only allowed one hit, one walk, and he's struck out seven so far. Uh, so He's thrown 47 pitches in four innings, so he's averaging just under 12 pitches an inning. That's he fine. said, we talked about it last episode, the pitch clock, he said he loves it because it doesn't allow him to think, <laughs> which sounds crazy. But when you're pitching badly, Brios is the same way. You, you you make a bad pitch, you beat yourself up about it when you walk behind the mound. You don't you can't do that anymore. you got to just get back up there and start throwing again. And once you get into a positive rhythm and a positive mindset, the pitch clock's only going to help you. Um, there was a at bat today. I can't remember which Yankee pitcher it was, but he struck out a batter in 20 seconds. He threw three straight strikes in 20 wow. seconds because he just got the ball back, stepped on the mound. Rep, pit batter got in the box, threw the pitch. 20 seconds. Like, Kikuchi's a guy who could work quick now. He'll be forced to work quick. He's going to have a different pitch mix this year. I think he's going to... He threw the fastball 50% of the time, like we said, right? I think he's gonna trust his fastball this year. He's gonna locate it better. Um I'm I'm thinking we're going to see not just a completely different looking Kikuchi with the beard, but we're gonna see a completely different pitcher on the mound in terms of how he approaches and how he attacks. And yeah. I'm I'm almost I'm not more excited to see him pitch than Barrios, but I'm very, very intrigued by all of the reports and all of the chatter about the changes that Kikuchi has made, I'm really, really intrigued to see if they actually do pay positive dividends. I'll say that much.
0: Well, if they do, I find myself looking at this rotation. and wondering, you know, of all the teams in the American league, who, who could feel the better one?
1: Well, and I, I don't think know. the one thing that we're, we're not, um, we have we we we've we've, we've, ha- we've talked about it, but we haven't hyped it up. Is the durability of this rotation? You've got guys in the rotation. Knock on wood, but these are all five of these guys don't have a history of, of missing time, right? Like obviously, Manoa doesn't. Like got a very short track record, but he's not he's not a guy who is a high stress pitcher. He's not throwing not hundred miles an hour. He's throwing consistent. His velocity stays the same. It often goes up during a game, just like Justin Verlander, similar guy. Uh, in that sense, these are all guys who don't have a history of missing time due to injury. Like, although Kikuchi was, was, wasn't good last year, he was healthy the entire season. He's been healthy his entire uh, four years in the big league so far, including the short 2020 season. Like, he's a guy who doesn't miss time. Gosman took a comebacker and then missed a couple starts, and that was it. Manoa pitched the entire season last year. Barrios pitched the entire season. Bassett pitched the entire season. These are all reliable guys who, unlike the New York Yankees with guys like Severino or Nestor Cortez, who's dealing with a hamstring issue right now, or Carlos Rodon with his injury history, the Blue Jays rotation might not have the firepower of the New York Yankees, but I believe they have the longevity that New York doesn't have. We talked about this before the show off mic, but the Yankees are kind of one or two injuries (coughs) away from being in trouble. Like if, uh, they're
0: all, I would argue they're already in trouble. They are
1: already in trouble, but uh, even more so. I mean, if Josh Donaldson goes down, not that he's the Josh Donaldson of of the MVP year, but he's still a a, a relatively consistent contributor. If Rizzo gets hurt, if if God forbid if Aaron Judge went down, I don't want Aaron Judge to get hurt because he's good for baseball and he's a great player. I don't want anybody to get hurt. But if Aaron Judge were to get hurt, that's a gaping hole in their lineup. Like. Yes, John Carlos Stanton could hit 40 home runs, but he's not hitting for at batting average. He's not getting on base a ton. He's there to hit bombs and play DH. Like, it's the Jays aren't aren't that deep either. Where if a Vladdy or a Bo got hurt, they'd still be in trouble too. But none of their guys have this track record of missing time. So it's it's definitely something that if the Blue Jays can stay healthy, I still think they're going to win the division. So there's that
0: the yankees are going to regret letting jameson Tayon on
1: walk. i agree i agree with that
0: huge mistake they're already got guys who are are hurt and, and, and are going to be out of the lineup for some time yeah, it's
1: tough to battle injuries in spring training it sets you it, back
0: it's not getting any easier and you look at who who logged 177.1 innings for them last year and mm. was very consistent won fourteen games yep. even with an era that wasn't very good it was jameson Taon.
1: yep he was good he against limits, the blue jays
0: <laughs> limits the home runs limits the walks limits uh base runners this guy I, I just don't understand it i don't know why you would not want to pay him He didn't get paid that much either. He got four years and $68 million from the Chicago Cubs. I don't know what it is they were afraid of. He's 31, so that gets him to his year 35 season. I, I don't get it. I don't understand why you would let him walk. You still could have signed Rodon. You still could have done what you needed to in order to strengthen that rotation, but they didn't do it. So here they are. They got two guys that are hurt now that probably won't pitch for at least six weeks into the season. If that, I mean, stupid, 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 stupid. I think the biggest threat to this rotation, this referring to the Jays, is Tampa. And <laughs> isn't Tyler Glass now hurt?
1: He's got an oblique issue, I believe. I think was yeah. it? it was something that's going to keep him out six to eight weeks, which. That's not good. Or, yeah, was it six? I can't remember if it was six to eight or four it's, to six, but. At least six. Like six, so, yeah, I mean, six is he's probably going the number. He's not going to be ready from opening day. Um and whether or not that timetable factors in building him up in the minor leagues or if that's a timetable before he can resume pitching is another story.
0: That's so really fucks it, up their It plan. could be
1: May before Tyler Glasnow pitches for Tampa Bay, which missing an entire month is missing thirty games almost, you know? Like it's
0: That's bad. That's really bad. It's, it's not good. They that's a sixth of your season.
1: A quarter a third, fifth of your season missed right there and for a guy who's who is their ace. That's tough.
0: And we don't even really have to talk about the starting rotation of Baltimore or the Red Sox because the, neither of those teams is expected hey, to be competitive this if, year.
1: If Grayson uh, Rodriguez makes the team for Baltimore, he's so good. He's one of the top-ranked prospects in baseball right now.
0: Yep. Yeah. No credit to uh, them. They have, a, they have a great young team. I think they overperformed like hell in the back half of last year. There's no shot. I just don't. I don't see this team, uh, you know, winning eighty six games unless something yeah. weird happens. That's fair.
1: I mean, they, they've got great, great, great prospects in their system. Gunnar Henderson, of course, we saw debut last year for them. He's going to be a yeah. regular this year.
0: It's um, not their time. It's not, it's not, their, not their time. time. Yeah. I think
1: Baltimore's window opens next season. Yep. Um, they already pried it open a little bit last year we saw they some made potential. it interesting They faded down the stretch but of course we, we all kind of expected that they their starting pitching that they had last year did overperform um Jesus, yes oh my god they were another team who was trying to get chris bassett this offseason which is understandable you want to bring in a guy who can give you some more consistency but uh yeah they're they're still going to be a team who can play spoiler and don't be surprised if they do hang around that wild card three kind of contention until maybe until September again. Like they they're they're going to benefit from the balance schedule, too, because they're going to get less time against the Jays, the Yankees and Tampa Bay. You know, like they're going to they're going to benefit from it, too. Uh, Boston's in their team who will benefit. Boston's team isn't isn't strong outside of a few players. They lost Bogarts. Trevor, yeah, they're Story, bad. They're bad. They're Trevor bad. Story might not play this year because of injury. They're bad. Um, they're, Chris they're Sale who knows great. what's going to happen to him he is pitching right now in spring training but he's a class cannon so yeah. um, Rafael the Devers team... is great but he's stuck there for a long term now. <laughs>
0: the, the only team that I think is as spooky as the Jays as far as rotation goes or has, or the potential of the Jays rather because I, I'm not going to bank on Barrios and Kikuchi yes. being, becoming magically uh, you know aces it that's just not how it works i'd say the potential rotation that is spookier than the jays is the astros and even then there's no verlander so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't know man
1: yeah there's uh interesting power shifts in the league this year so we're gonna see we'll know a few months in like i'd say halfway through the season what really what the balance schedule has has done
0: I honestly think we'll win more, way way more fucking games than we did last year because...
1: I don't know if they'll say way more because it's be, hard to win more than 92, but... It is, I'd but say, we're going to be playing, playing way more the, games against teams that are bad. Yeah, the expectation has to be the same, a similar or better record this year
0: anything less than the playoffs is a disaster oh god yeah of
1: course anything less than making the alcs is a disaster i think this year you've got to win that's those are high hopes you 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 (laughs) that's why i'm saying i wanted to win the division so that they can skip over the wild card round and just not have that best of three yeah get into a best of five right away at least we know what the jays have done in best of five series they've gone down 0-2 and, and come back and they've swept the series and they the geez. gentleman's
0: sweep if you will the
1: gentleman's sweep yeah you got to give the other guys a head start you know polite be polite to the opposing team and then take it back and then obviously they were in two straight alcs's in 2015 and 2016 so i think that's got to be the the floor here this season is god ALCS. i want a
0: title man i want a title so fucking bad <laughs> and i think this team is hungry Last year, there's a lot to love about the youthful exuberance of this team. But they very quickly wanted to turn over a new leaf this year. The home run jacket is retired.
1: Rest in peace.
0: Who knows what they're gonna do to celebrate, but this team is all business now. And uh this rotation, if Barrios and Kikuchi get their shit together, oh my god, they're gonna mangle teams. They're gonna just They're going to mow through the American league and uh, it's going to be very exciting.
1: I hope so. Uh, Yeah. We've, we've been at this for an hour and 15 minutes now. We've (laughs) chatted a lot in depth about these starting pitchers. Any closing thoughts before we wrap this one up, Patrick?
0: I think I just capped it off myself. I think if if Barrios and Kikuchi uh, get it together and they can perform like they did in 2021, uh, Man, they, this is a dangerous rotation. I don't know that you ever get a chance to catch your breath with it.
1: And we talked about the potential. Like, let's say one of these, one say Kikuchi struggles and Ricky Tiedemann's doing well. Oof, it's
0: could be interesting. Think could be about an interesting 20, Start thinking about
1: have? the rotation for twenty twenty four because it could be, could be different. And there's still the the Hyunjin Ryu of it all too. Like he's got potential to come back at some point too. Like this team. Is starting the season I wouldn't say deep at, at starting pitching, but they're in a better position than they were this time last year or even two years ago. So and the, yeah, and the, the last one teams make the playoffs. So <laughs> to our
0: preview today is that it's really hard to try to profile Hun Ryu when he's
1: We won't even yeah, we don't know if he's gonna pitch. We can't or not, do so.
0: anything about it except to say we hope that he does come back. We yeah. hope that he gets an opportunity because I still believe in him. Um And uh, he's just a great guy. He's a great guy to have around the team. He he didn't. He never left. He never left. He's been around the whole time. Yeah, and
1: he's at camp. So, yep, he's around. He's gonna be there all around all season, rehabbing in Florida, and probably coming to the team with Toronto, coming with the team with Toronto at some points, and on the road too. So he's still gonna be a mentor to a lot of pitchers. So it will be good to have him around. But uh, that'll be it for us today. We'll come back over the weekend, most likely. But for, for now, if you like what we do, give us a follow on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. The website's the same, bfmdpodcast.com. Listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, as always, for sticking with us for a longer episode, and we will see you next time.